Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. Securities sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIP. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions with better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with over 20 years experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey local provider, also have an MBA in finance, and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 20 years. And I'm Gordon Leopard, financial advisor with Richard Young Associates. Great day to be here, guys. Yeah, yeah, it is a great, great day to be Saturday. here. Great Saturday leading up to Christmas here, and we got football and Done all that. With football to talk about. for the year, yeah, no more yeah. football. So no, no, we're still talking about <laughs> season football. is over. <laughs> <laughs> but first, we're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly radio show. We are right here every Saturday, like today, from nine to ten a.m. Yeah, you can also go to our website moneymd.net. We have a link in the top right hand corner that you can stream us. Uh, you can also go to the dial at twelve thirty a.m. And guys, we also have a podcast um, uh, link that you can lis- listen to past shows. So if you do miss us on a particular Saturday, you can go check it out. We have them categorized by topic. So we make it pretty easy to uh, catch the Money Doctors. Yeah, lots of great ways to listen to the Money Doctors this morning or any day for that matter. If you go to our podcast, like John said, and do email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at moneymd.net. Or again, you can link to us on our website, moneymd.net. Well, guys, um, we got a great show lined up. Before we get into that, you know, football is still going on, isn't it? A great no, it's year. Women's basketball Cricket season. Time. Cricket Women's Cricket. basketball season. Oh, We're no, number two no, in the nation. I no, mean, no. Golf, hey, I mean, number one in the nation, Clemson. Yeah, uh, that was a great game. I was really proud of uh, was a good how Carolina, Carolina played. And, they did. You know, Deshaun they Watson for Clemson, just a phenomenal athlete. He, he is. He is. I mean, obviously, I was disappointed that we didn't win more handily. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we got to give props. To, to Carolina, I mean, they hung yeah. in there and they they made some big plays, and uh, you know, but uh, hey, it was, it was f- fantastic season for you guys. We had another moral victory for Carolina, so we're actually nine and three on the year. Y'all don't know that, but a moral victory. Yeah, well, I mean, what would that be John? We played good, but we just didn't win. Oh yeah, okay. So That's we're moral, we're nine and three moral with moral victory. victory. Yeah, those those really count. That's what I'm hanging lot, my hat on. Yeah, you know, and 12, twelve and zero though that counts for something in Georgia. Georgia and, beat Tech, right? Yeah, we beat Tech but and lost a uh, coach. Lost a coach in the process. Yeah. So. A lot of soul searching. Yeah, yeah that's it's right. It's going to be an interesting off season here. Yeah, we'll see. Georgia Tech. I don't know what they did. Do you, do you well, they lost to Georgia. Oh, that's that's oh, too yeah. bad. Sorry, yeah. guys. Whoever <laughs> Georgia Tech fans out there. Yeah, yeah that's right. But uh, hey, it was a good rivalry Saturday. So we got the ACC championship game coming up. I'm you pulling know, for today. Carolina again. I'm sorry. And yeah. uh, you're pu- <laughs> that's pretty cold. There's a North John. Carolina. That's pretty cold, John. I mean, you know, your home state here. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I don't know. It'll be a tough game. Be exciting though. Lots yeah. Lots of Be good fun. games today. But uh, besides that, though, we have a great show lineup for the day. You know, we're going to start off here with um, a topic that is, you know, when you have adult kids, I mean, John, you and me, we're kind of getting to this age where our kids are, are growing up. Mm-hmm. They're in college, graduating college. Um, 
you know, there's a trend that kids are moving back home and, and staying home. Yeah, I know. I've seen some of those stats. and Ouch. Yeah. So, so we got a topic here today about how to get your adult kids off the dole and out of the house. Just change the locks. And we, right. <laughs> that might do it. But, <laughs> you know, it's a tough subject because, you know, we all love our kids and sure. we want to take care of them sure. any way we can and help them. But sometimes we're enabling them. So that's a great topic. We're going to dig into that. There's a lot of good suggestions here in this article. Yeah. So that's one thing. And then we're going to follow up with an article from uh, Dave Ramsey, and it's talking about expenses in December. So, guys, we talk about budgeting on the show quite a bit. We're actually going to dive into some of the hidden expenses of Christmas and what you can do to control those expenses. So you want to make sure you stick around for that. And then the holiday jobs. You know, each holiday there's uh there's kind of a wave of seasonal jobs that open up mm-hmm. and uh some you know provide some pretty good opportunities for people so we're going to take a yeah a look at some of the seasonal opportunities that are out there for folks yeah that'll be a great topic too all right but we're going to start off here though with the financial fact of the week and this comes from the national association of, of realtors and um guys it's been a uh, an interesting market for um homes Back in 2005, the average home price was about 229000 In October of 2015, it was actually about 220000 So basically no growth over 10 years. Wow. Which is wow. amazing. And if you would have had a 2% inflation you know, increase on home prices, it would have been about 279000 10 years later versus 220. So no growth in homes. Obviously, it, it, it bottomed out in, in 08 and 09 and has come back up. There are some markets that are obviously very hot right now, but overall in the nation, it's basically zero growth. Yeah, and that's one reason. It's one more reason why you have to diversify, and you have to recognize any asset class can go through a long time, a long period of no growth, mm-hmm. just like real estate has seen. I mean, historically, it keeps up with inflation. It doesn't grow a lot on top of inflation. Um, so, you know, if you're investing a lot in real estate, if you're overweighted in that, I mean, you got to consider you got your house already in real estate. Right. So if you look at your total wealth, I mean, you don't want to have 50% or 80% of your assets in real estate. You need to have the stock market. You need to be diversified in a lot of asset classes within the stock market, bonds in there. Um, don't don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, that's very good. So that's a great, great uh, prescription or financial fact of the week. Okay, that leads us up here to our first topic. And that is how to get adult kids off the dole and out of the house. Um, you know, I know this doesn't sound, get Christmas season here, this doesn't sound very kind and gentle. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, this is a serious issue. We see more and more clients that we meet with that have adult kids that are being supported in one way or the other. A lot of them are still living at home or moved back home. Um, you know, there's an increasing number. And, um, you know, growing up no longer means necessarily moving out. About 23% of Americans between the age of 25 and 34 are living with their parents, compared with just 11% in 1980. Wow. So it's more than double since 1980, the number of, of ki- adult kids that are back living with their parents. So, I mean, you know, now there, there are some pressing reasons why, why they're back at home. Um, you know, sometimes... Uh, maybe a recent divorce or layoff, um, you know, a period of turmoil in their lives brings them back home. Um, but many are simply choosing to live at home. So that's not a good trend. You know, this arrangement, it doesn't just complicate the parents' lives. It's, it prevents the young adults from truly launching their own lives. And, and you know, having that feeling of success and being out on their own and, and really taking responsibility for their lives. 
Um, you know, the kindest thing that parents can do is not to coddle their kids, uh, but to nudge them out of the nest, you know, gently. Um, so here are some ideas of how to do that, you know, and how to respond if your adult child wants to move back in, how to get an adult child who's currently in your home kind of out the door and on their own, you know, living on their own. Um, so the first one is, you know, whenever an adult child wants to come back, I mean, there's nothing wrong with letting them live at home temporarily during times of turmoil. Um, you know, someone that's lost their job or gone through a breakup might need a safe place to kind of lick their wounds. But, you know, it's no one's it's in no one's best interest if a parent's home becomes a place where where this child uh, adult child can hide from life so when they ask to return home you know you can say yes but you know that you're concerned about you know that they might not be happy um you know if they do because there are some rules for adults that live at home and these rules might include some of the following yes number one on the list is you got to get a job, right? I mean, exactly. this is not a freebie. If the child protests and he can't find anything better than flipping burgers, then that's what they're going to have to do. I mean, they have to go make an income. It's not enough for a child to, to promise to, to look for work. I mean, this could mean nothing more than sending out resumes every now and then. There also has to be some time limits to take the best job that they can find within, say, a month or maybe two months. So set some time parameters on that as well. And uh, they must understand that living in your house um, will not help them escape or delay joining the workforce. Besides, you know, working in an unpleasant or, or low-paying job could be the exact motivation they need to, to get out and find something better so they can get on their own. Yeah, that's really important. Getting a job is number one. Um, but also, you know, you need to make them contribute a portion of their income as rent. And they suggest here in this article, this is a bottom line article, by the way, at a bottom line health by Kevin Lehman, they suggest that 25% of their take-home pay be be allocated toward rent, that they pay mm-hmm. you for rent. Um, you know, and that may sound cruel, but, you know, it reinforces the message that living at home is not a free ride. I mean, the adult child should also be responsible for paying their personal expenses. You know, I mean, they shouldn't be living off of mom and dad. So they should have a job, be paying some rent, um, you know, something like that. And... It, you know, if you don't need the rent money, you can set it aside in an interest-bearing account. And if the child works hard toward get their life to get their life back on track, you can present the money to them as a gift when they move out. Um, but that return of rent has to come as a surprise. It can't be something they expect or they know about because then it can undermine the message that they must pay their own way. Um, so that was a good one. And then... Another one is they need to do some homework, some housework, some things around the house. You know, they got to have some chores. There's a list of, you know, specific chores that that they have to be able to do, such as their laundry, cleaning their room, taking out the garbage, yard work. Um, They have to know that. You know, he's he has to know if he's your son that they're going to be required to pull their own weight. Um, Also, if an adult child has young children that'll be moving in with them too, then. Um, you have to make sure that there's some limits set to child care. You know, perhaps, you know, you'll provide child care for one or two days a week um, or you'll help whenever the adult child's working. But, you know, you shouldn't be expected to babysit every evening while they go out with the friends. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you got to have some limits there. And then another one here is you have to be able to abide by the house schedule. There's got to be a schedule. You can't just let them come and go and, you know, come in at, you know, 2 a.m. or something like that. Um, you know, that means that the, the guests, that they're guests in the house. They, they must be, 
you know, maybe back in by, by 10 um, or, you know, the TV volume has to be turned way down or off maybe by 11. Maybe there's a midnight curfew. I mean, you got to set some ground rules there on, on their schedule as well. Definitely continuing to show some respect there, you know, like you're talking about. And, um, you know, oftentimes you have, you have kids that have debt. And it's really important that you don't get sucked into your, your child's financial problems there. And that that could really affect your retirement. Yeah, uh, that's right. As well, so, you know, you've got to set some limits there. And that's what, that's what the job's for. Yeah, you exactly. Know, right. <laughs> Make sure you, the kid's got a job. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one. Okay, well, that leads up to our break here, and we'll continue the discussion when we come back. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call during regular business hours at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leopard, who is an advisor with us at Richard Young Associates. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break about adult kids, you know? I mean, how to get adult kids kind of out of the house, off the dole, I mean, it's kind of a it sounds like a cruel topic, but you know it's becoming more and more of an issue and as we mentioned, there are twice as many adult children living at home now than there were thirty years ago in nineteen eighty yeah and that's an amazing stat it really is that's a that's probably millions of kids I would imagine oh yeah they didn't show the 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 number but I hear Dave Ramsey talking about this topic periodically and he talks about it enabling uh, your kids and and helping them um, be um, having issues. You know, enabling is not good for them. No, definitely. So having some rules like we're talking about here is so important. Yeah, I mean, and you certainly want to help your kids. Everybody does. And and so you're going to, you know, you're going to open the house up if they're in in need and and let them come home. But there's got to be some rules, ground rules around that, because you got to be able to help them get back on track, you know, and encourage them to get back on track. And as they put it here in this article, how to kind of gently nudge them back out of the nest. And uh, there's some ways to do that, you know. Um, so, I mean, we talked about a couple of those here. I mean, first one is they have to get a job, you know. Um, you have to tell them there's some ground rules. One of them is they have to get a job. And that doesn't mean getting a job, you know, uh, the perfect job. Mm-hmm. That means, you know, give them a timeline, maybe a month, and say, okay, you know, in, the, in a month, you gotta you got to have a job. you got to take whatever job's available in a month. And, uh, you know, and then if it's flipping burgers while they find a better job, so be it. And then they have to contribute a portion of their income, maybe 25%, they recommend here in this article, as rent, you know, to, to contribute to the household. And they have to, to do some house chores, you know. They have to have some responsibility at home. You know, maybe it's cooking one night a week. Maybe it's it's doing the garbage, doing some yard work. I mean, whatever they can do that fits in their schedule, you, you need to set some ground rules and they need to pull their own weight. And... Um, you know, and then there has to be a schedule at home. We talked about that. Um, you know, maybe they're in by 10, the TV's turned down or off by 11 p.m. You know, whatever it is, it has to be something that works for you in your household so it doesn't disrupt your life in your household. And, um, 
you know, they're going to have to deal with their own debts. Um, you can't get chucked it, sucked into their financial problems, you know. If that means they have to declare bankruptcy because they're so far behind, so be it. I mean, that's that's what Chapter 7 bankruptcy is for. It's not for the parents to go bail them out. So um, you, you got to, you know, you got to encourage them to get their debts dealt with themselves and behind them and, and don't get involved with that. Um, if you start taking on their debts, you're certainly going to undermine their ability to to handle life themselves and you know bankruptcy or or getting on a payment plan it's not the end of the world you know they need to go to a financial peace university class Mm -hmm. and uh you know figure that out and that's a great way to start if they haven't done that already and they're in debt you know next one here on the list is they have to move out by a specific departure date you know it can't be an open-ended solution here maybe it's one month it could be three months six months down the road but you have to set up a timetable and there have to be some expectations um, this is an important part, you know, in having a deadline so that the adult doesn't start seeing living at home as a permanent solution. You know, if these rules are sound a little severe, they're really meant to be, you know, because if living in your house is unrestricted, then they will have less reason to move out and get on their own. So there's nothing less dignifying than a 35-year-old, you know, living off their parents. So you don't want to allow that to happen. So, you know, when you pitch all of this to them, explain that you understand that it's probably not going to sound very appealing and that you won't be offended if they opt to, to get together with some of their friends and split a cheap apartment and, you know, no harm in floating that idea, right? So, yeah, I mean, you definitely don't want to be open-ended. Yeah, and, you know, if the, if the child still wants to move in, get a handshake agreement. Um, I would almost recommend write, putting it down in writing as well, having a, a, a contract with them. Uh, as well and and lay out these terms and if they do you know treat them with respect don't joke about the bad job um, that they had to take or what you know the mess of of the lifestyle that they have instead share some of your stories as you struggled as a young adult we've all had struggles and and um, share some of that child your child may not realize that you've had some uh, early challenges as well and you know from an advice standpoint you got to be careful there you can't run their life right if they ask for advice give it to them but there's a there's kind of a fine line here of you know trying to to run their their situation you want to help them out and get them through the situation but you can't run their life yeah exactly so the question here though is what do you do if an adult child is already living at home with you um, you know, if you failed to establish the strict rules and, and the departure date before your adult child moved back in, um, you know, now might be the time to show they might be showing little interest in moving out. So if that's the case, you know, tell the child maybe these five words, maybe tell, tell them, I owe you an apology. You know, that's more likely to get their attention than, you know, any other uh, admission that they that they go out and get a job or an apartment. Um, And then when they ask why for an apology, why do you want to give them an apology? Then you need to just tell them, you know, when I let you return home, um, we had the best intentions. But in retrospect, it wasn't the best you know, for you, um, you know, there should be an agreement in place of how this is going to work, because without that, it it clearly isn't working for anyone. You know, we realize that you're not going to like this, but if you're going to continue staying here, um, you know, there are going to be some some rules and then list the rules and the deadlines and and the things that we've described here earlier. Um, So you got to start a conversation with them. You can't let this go on forever. Um, So, I mean, how do you raise kids 
who only return home for visits. <laughs> you know, that's the next topic here as we wrap this up. Well, there are four ways to increase the odds of your adult children, your young your young children, your teens, when they turn into adults, they will grow up, move out, and be on their own. That's right. And, and a big part of that is encouraging them, you know, without over-praising them. Uh, you see this a lot of times, especially in sports and everything. Kid, parents say they just over-praise the kid, and uh, they really might not be that good at hitting that golf ball, Steve, <laughs> you know, but they no, can crush true. it every bit of 20 yards, you know. But <laughs> by all means, you know, tell your child good job when he does uh, hard work and they accomplish things, but do not consistently tell your child that he's the greatest thing in the world. You know, over-praise, that, that can turn a child or can turn adults uh, with an inflated sense of self-worth or just a false sense of reality, you know. So it's yeah. important that we, we help them establish uh, realistic goals and and uh, expectations there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Another one is, you know, assign children chores. You know, I mean, kids raised in households where everyone pulls his own weight, they tend to become adults who understand that they have to work hard and they have to take responsibility to achieve anything. Um, you know, I, I don't think we, we did a great job at this, but they need to have permanent chores and automatic consequences if they don't do them. So that's one key. Another one here is remind, you know, the laggard teens that your home has a checkout time. You know, if a teen lacks drive and responsibility, doesn't want to, to adhere to your rules or remove a, a strip of 18 squares. or Well, what they suggest here is remove a strip of 18 squares of toilet paper from a roll, sit down with your your child for a talk count off one sheet of toilet paper for each year the child has already lived say 16 for a 16 year old for example then hold up the two remaining squares and say you have two more years to live under the, your, your roof it <laughs> sounds a little how about cruel. that for a visual yeah and put that up <laughs> on the refrigerator right? <laughs> that's right two more squares of toilet paper yeah i mean you know but seriously you do have to have a, a conversation and that's one way of doing it you know have some kind of visual example like that and then the last one here is you know let the child take the lead on college money matters for instance um you know college is supposed to prepare kids for adult life taking charge of the the college finances is a crucial part of that i mean help your kids obviously pay for tuition even pay for college outright if you can if you're in the financial position to do that but insist that the the, the college kids take their part part-time job and the summer jobs um, to at least cover, you know, some of their living expenses. You know, if college loans are needed, the child needs to take out the college loans and not the parent. Um, so those should be in their name. You know, the role for you is to help your child understand um you know, the loans terms and the danger of going deeply in the debt and just have that conversation, work with them and involve them in the conversation about their education. Yeah, and if all else fails, just change the locks. Yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> the kind of the, the last resort, I like, right? I like the toilet paper. That is, an, I mean, this is a great article because we it do really run across is. this and I we think do. it is a, will be helpful for our clients and listeners out there as well. But um, yeah. Good, good topic. Yeah, we just sat down and had the toilet paper conversation with the nine-year-old the other night. She knows she only has nine more years. <laughs> nine more years in the house. There you go. All right. Well, great topic. That leads up to our break here. So if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneynd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages in GMA News. Stay with us. Money, 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 money
Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider. Gordon Leppard is also with us, is an advisor at Richard Young Associates, along with us. And we're going to lead off our next segment here with the question of the week. Yeah, this question came from a client, um, and it has to do with company stock. And the company he works for, the, uh, the uh, stock has done really poorly in the market. And um, so it's it's at a, a 52-week low. And his question was, is should I buy my company stock? And specifically, about a third of his investment total he wanted to put in his company stock. And and so obviously my answer was, that's pretty risky. It, it may be low, but um, putting that much money in one stock is not advisable. I mean, maybe 10%, maybe, um, but you know, a third of your investments in one stock, that's risky. That's pretty heavy. Yeah, it really is. I mean, anything can happen with one stock. So, you know, you just don't want to take that kind of risk. And, and statistically, statistics have shown you don't get paid for that risk. You're taking what they call unsystematic risk, mm-hmm. which means you're taking the risk of one company, and it's a risk that, that is the same risk that might cause you to lose your job yeah, if it's your right. company stock. So you're doubling up on that risk, and statistically, you get no extra return for that. You know, maybe you get lucky and you do, but maybe you get a worse return. So you don't know. There's no reason, no logical reason to take that extra risk. So definitely don't put, you know, any kind of inordinate amount in your own company's stock. You yes. want to diversify in a bunch of different asset classes, as we've talked about many times. Okay, that leads up to our next topic here, and that is the eight expenses to remember in December. Yeah. From, December 1st. Yeah, from uh, from Dave Ramsey. Um, guys, we're talking a little budgeting today, so we're, we've got a couple of weeks before Christmas, and obviously December is a crazy busy month. I mean, you got shopping and cooking, you know, trips and so forth, and uh, all that in a couple of weeks. So, but let's be honest, buying stuff is fun. I don't know about you guys, but um, my whole family sat around on Friday with computers, and we ordered gifts. I mean, I ordered <laughs> some stuff. I can't tell it on the air because it would give it away. So, But I ordered some stuff for um, for for Tammy and Matthew and, um, and Danielle. I didn't buy anything for myself, though. That's um, pretty good, John. That's right. Yeah, that's usually what I fall into when I get on there. There's some pretty cool stuff out there. One so. for you, two for me. That's yeah. right. So, I played golf Friday. Oh, good for you. It was a beautiful day. Yeah. Did you do any yeah. uh, uh, tech Monday deals? Well, I actually did the Monday thing. I did a little bit of shopping Monday. We bought a table for the office. Okay. Um, oh, nice, wow. nice table, conference table for the office. So, good. yeah, I did yeah. a little you know, a little Cyber Monday shopping. There were some shopping. good deals out there. There really yeah. were. Did you shop? I did not. Good for you. You know, I just kind of take a step back and jill and i we talked about you know some of the things coming up that we we may want to get for the girls and yeah potentially for each other but no no clicking no no clicking okay all right that's that's a good good restraint well you know so guys there's a lot of stuff out there that you can spend money on um dave ramsey has a a pretty cool budget tool out there it's called every dollar um so if you don't have a way to budget go check every dollar out it's a neat way to do it so we're going to go through these eight items the first one here on the list is is christmas shopping i mean you know this is the last month to purchase your gifts you got a couple weeks left so uh, use the remaining amount of your Christmas savings or set aside some extra money this month to tackle those gifts left on your list. And again, you know, try to pay cash for them. You know, don't let this Christmas follow you into 2016. So make sure you have a shopping list, kind of like, Gordon, what you said you guys did. is just sitting down and talking about it. That's so important. Very simple step, but it's very important. 
Yeah, I mean, another one here is to recognize that you're going to probably need a lot of extra groceries, right? I mean, if you're like us and you have a house full of people coming, you know, we have like 20 people that'll be with us for a week. I mean, it's it's we, we do it serious Party at, my at house. the Marbert house. We do. It's the one holiday where we really have a, a big blowout crowd in our house for, you know, an extended number of days. But you can imagine how much food they eat. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's a truckload of food. So it's going to take some extra groceries. That's got to be built into your budget. So you got to put away money now for the spiral cut hams, the cookies for Santa, the you know, candy, the whatever it is that you eat, you know, just 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 groceries in general are very, very expensive. You know, remember if you're baking pies or treats as gifts, I mean, save the money ahead of time for that and use you might even use the gift money instead for that. So but have a strategy for how you're gonna pay for Christmas and how you're gonna pay for the extra cost associated with having a bunch of guests over. Like having people cook their own maybe meal, like share? Well exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things I that, well I thought you were gonna ask me that on the traditions, but oh yeah that is <laughs> something that we too. that is something we do. We have everybody actually you know, we have uh, you know like like Kathy's parents right. that contribute to, okay. to, to, you know, the, the groceries, which are very nice. I mean, they contribute to the grocery part. So let me just leave it. That's one way we handle that is, is certain people do pitch in, yeah, you know, sure. for groceries. And I'll save the other one for the tradition. Gotcha. Gotcha. Number three here on the list is um, holiday gatherings. I mean, guys, I, I'm not sure this is aimed at us, but sometimes when you go to a party or an event, you have to have a new pair of shoes or a new outfit, so you got to make sure that's in the budget. Um, I don't know, Gordon. You buy new new shoes for every event? Um, no. <clears throat> no, no, not new shoes. Yeah, me either. I, it's just not one of the, one of my things. But it is a real expense, so make sure you budget for that, and, and then you can get the party on. You know, but make sure it's in the budget. Well, and speaking of parties, if if you do have kids, especially younger kids, you gotta have someone to keep uh, take care of them. You know, not everyone has grandma or grandpa right around the corner. So mm-hmm. making sure that, uh, you know, little Johnny or little Susie or whoever is well taken care of by a babysitter that you trust, it's going to cost you a few extra dollars, too. And especially if they take good care of your kids, you're going to want to make sure that you take care, good care of them, you know, at, at the holiday time as well. So, good. you know, babysitter or child care. Yeah. Take it into consideration. Definitely. Another one on the list is travel. Like you said, you know, sometimes grandma and grandpa aren't in town, so you got to get on the road. You got gas, plane tickets, hotels, food, entertainment. Of course, you got to get some souvenirs as well. So, um, again, you got to look at the travel piece of it. Fortunately, gas prices are pretty low right now, so um, that certainly helps out. But make sure you include travel in your um, in your December budget. Another one here on the list are, are traditions. Sometimes can cost money. Um, you know, maybe it's a, a, a new tree or new you know decorations, kind of like the the Griswold family um, oh, yes. does. Yeah, yes. that's one of my family traditions. We actually on the Friday after Thanksgiving we go get our tree, we have it put up by the end of the day, and then we watch uh, Christmas Vacation. We've done that for, I don't know, since our kids were, were born. We used to have to mute the, you know, or fast-forward certain scenes, and they're old enough now that we just watch the whole thing. So so you don't put up the $5 million of, you know, lights around your house, you know, no. so that you can see it from outer space? No. Space shuttle, you know? No, 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 $2,000 a month electric bill? Right, right. That, we, would, that would be an expensive tradition. We do have some ornaments that, that I used when I was a kid, and they're actually these, these glass, um, the, the balls, the glass balls that you put on there, and some of them are are like faded blue hmm. and it just reminds me when i was like four years old putting those things up but i mean so they're they're pretty old y'all have good traditions 
Yeah, well, as I mentioned, you know, we have a, a crowd at our house, and that's been a tradition for us that we have all of our our extended family from Kathy's side that come in, and we have a great time, you know, sit around and play cards and games. And, you know, for almost a week, some folks are there. And uh, it's about 20 people in the house. So just have a lot of fun. And, you know, then we open up, you know, presents kind of kind of spread out, you know, during mm-hmm. the week. But, you know, particularly Christmas Day, we'll sit around and open presents one by one. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Do it one by one, really? They do it one by one. So it's an all-day event. Yeah, opening presents. Yeah, it's, that, especially with so, that, that number of people. Yeah, no kidding. So, uh, so that's that's a lot of fun. I mean, but just having that many people in the house, you know, obviously food costs a lot. One of the things we do instead of eating out, one of our traditions is everybody cooks their own special dish mm. for one night. And they cook enough for everybody. So, you know, for instance, uh, Kathy's brother. Um, Bill, uh, Uncle Bill, he will cook all of his, um, he'll cook uh, uh, jambalaya, Mm -hmm. and he does a great job with it, and it's really special, and he'll keep a couple couple different versions, one spicy and one's not, and, Mm. you know, everybody loves that, and, uh, you know, and it it saves money, because we don't go out to eat, you know, with that many people, and you just can't, (laughs) so it saves a lot of money, everybody cooks their special dish, we get all the ingredients, and, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, you? we uh, we kind of do something similar to you guys, John. We we go out to a Christmas tree farm, mm-hmm. cut a Christmas tree, and um, also we try to b- buy the girls a special ornament each year that you know is reflective of something that might have gone on you know this during the year, and so that way when they do become adults and uh, we we uh, issue them out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they they have they have some uh, ornaments and s- something that's you know near and dear to their heart. Yeah, very cool, very cool. So traditions can cost, but you can also make them you know great memories at a at a at a low price. The last one here on the list, or the last two, is uh, Christmas cards. You know, there there are some expenses to that. There's obviously different ways, Facebook and and some uh, Instagram and so forth that you can look at to reduce cost, and then you know also just extra fun. I mean, you know, for us, we we do like to go out to eat. Um, with the kids in town and so forth. So we have to budget for that expense as well. So, again, every dollar is one of Dave's, um, uh, you know, budgeting tools out there. So go check that out and make sure that you have a you know complete list and Christmas doesn't follow you into 2016. Yeah, great, great topic, great suggestions there. Okay, that leads up to our break here. If you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net. Or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages. back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who's a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leppard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates. And we are going to uh, start a new topic here, but first we're going to do the prescription of the week. And this prescription has to do with taxes, so anytime we talk about taxes, always recommend sitting down with a CPA to make sure this fits into your situation. But this is something that that, um, we certainly talk with our clients on, and we see this as a great strategy. And if you have an appreciated security, a stock, or even a mutual fund, you can actually donate that before the year end and get a tax write-off for that total amount. That's a pretty good deal. 
Yeah, it really is. I mean, the way it works is this. You know, let's say you have some stock that um, somebody has given you, maybe your grandparents or your parents, and you've had it for a number of years, and and it's grown and it's appreciated a lot. Rather than selling that stock and paying the capital gains taxes and then donating cash, why not just donate the stock to the charity, right? Mm -hmm. So if you do that, what happens is you get a full tax deduction for the market value of that stock, and and you get to avoid the capital gains tax if you sold it. So it's like getting a boost to your donation. You know, you might yeah. save 20% up to 20% on, on uh, the capital gains tax by uh, donating the stock instead. And you get to help out your, your favorite charity and you get to get rid of that without having to try to account for the cost basis and all the complication of filling out your Schedule D on your tax return. Yeah, that's right. It's a great strategy. It really is. So make sure you consult your CPA on that. Obviously, if we can help you, um, you know, kind of talk through that, give us a call. Absolutely. Okay. And that leads up to our last topic here, and that is holiday do-good jobs that pay. Um, yeah, this is a great topic. You know, if you need to earn some extra money or something, um, or even even not, if you just want to help out a charity and, and get, you know, actually paid for it, that sure. sounds like a great topic. Yeah, there, there's a lot of good opportunities. You know, it's either you or someone you know might be looking for a part-time job, you know, during the holiday season. Well, if so... There's a few opportunities so that, like you said, you can do good and still get paid for it. You know, this season, retailers will hire about um, 750,000 or so people from October through December, roughly equal to hiring last year, according to an uh, analysis put out by uh, Challenger, Gray, and Christmas. Uh, many of the holiday jobs will be with big box retailers, as usual. For example, like Walmart is hiring about 60,000 people. Macy's is hiring about 85,000 people, and that's accounting for Bloomingdale stores as well. Uh, Target, they're hiring about 70,000. Kohl's, where they pay you to shop, you know, 69,000. <laughs> and then Toys R Us, that's one of Dave Ramsey's favorites. Yes. Uh, I love hearing him talk about them but anyways however you know for many americans working at a giant retail um retailer stocking shelves or maintaining a register has about the same appeal you know as doing the dishes so you know not very appealing for some but for others that just need or want to pocket a few extra bucks that may be fine but there are other people who wish to give back while earning a little bit of extra holiday cash and that's what this is about yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I mean, such jobs do exist out there if you know where to look. And so they point out here that you can, you know, create uh, such opportunities for yourself by thinking about what people need the most during the holiday season and tapping into both the online and offline networks, you know, that you have. So you can go check around locally, um, you know, for for those type positions that might be available but you can also look on sites like ideallist.org which is a site that offers jobs with nonprofits um, there's also flexible jobs site called flexjobs.com and then uh, you can also look on careerbuilder.com. So there's several ways that you can tap into to, you know, the networks of where those jobs exist. And that's a great point there, Steve. That's, that's one reason that the, the radio show is so great. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're providing some information here that many people, they don't even know about. Yeah. Don't know where to look. Uh, and here, here are some great points. So, you know, six jobs that 
you can do good and uh, still get paid for John start us off yeah number one here on the list is a coordinator of volunteers I mean you know nonprofits get a slew of volunteers during the holidays and often um, those nonprofits need someone to help manage that that uh, the group of volunteers typically they're looking for someone with an HR maybe a project management uh, background someone with good people skills um, you know there's some titles out there volunteer coordinator human resource associate uh, the pay you can expect is between 10 and $15 an hour, but obviously that's going to vary widely based on um, you know, the location and the need as well. And sometimes your experience. Yeah, that's right. Also, the next one, graphic designer. You know, each year, nonprofits and organizations, they host holiday events and they send thank you notes and cards to donors. Uh, they really amp this up, you know, during the holiday time. In the past years, roughly half of Americans have sent out holiday cards. More than 90% of them use snail mail still. So they're they're still utilizing uh, the the postal service there, but plus uh, roughly one in four people they host holiday parties. Graphic designers they can create invitations and cards both for organizations like nonprofits and for families. Um, they're they're going to be in demand, and you can expect to be paid anywhere from ten dollars an hour and up to sometimes more than two hundred dollars for a single project. So that's a that's a pretty good way there as well. Mm-hmm. Another one here, if you have marketing skills and you like talking to people, um, is is a fundraiser. Um, you know, for charities, donations given in the last three months of the year, they account for more than a third of the total gifts they receive on average during the year. And that's why many of the nonprofits, the universities and organizations out there hire seasonal staff to make calls to possible donors. Um, so organizations, they typically look for somebody with some sales and marketing experience to do those type jobs. You know, other job titles um, might include uh, development assistant or fundraising associate. They usually pay around maybe $10 an hour plus commission. But again, it depends on the organization and level of responsibility. But if you have those skills and you're kind of going into a sales type career or, or marketing type position um, that would be some great experience for you in a way you can really apply your 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 efforts your skills to a good cause yeah that's good and then the next one here on the list is a, a clerical associate with all the donations pouring in someone has to manage you know the processing and recording of them also sending out thank you notes that's why some nonprofits hire part-time clerical workers are people to work in their processing um, centers. So they typically look for people that have good Excel, maybe uh, Microsoft Word experience, and good organizational skills as well. So, again, you know, 10 to 15 bucks an hour would be a target for that one as well. John, I actually overheard a conversation based around that uh, the other day. Someone was talking about uh, needing extra clerical ass- assistance <laughs> during the holidays, and I, and I thought about this article. Interesting. So, yeah. That's cool. Um, it, it, that was a neat conversation over here. Um, Holiday personal assistance, you know, that's something that some people, they might not not be able to drive. They may either be homebound, um, disabled individuals. They need help doing some things sometimes, such as shopping, baking, uh, addressing envelopes, you know, getting those cards that we were just talking about, getting those out the door, uh, getting to and from events. Um, You you can put yourself out there. You might want to tap into your uh, local social network like Facebook or LinkedIn, as well as put up some flyers maybe in your neighborhood, gathering spots. Let people know at church, you know, the coffee shop. Let them know what you're doing. You know, let them know that you are available if you if you want to do this type of thing. And again, you could expect anywhere from ten to twenty five dollars an hour, uh, depending on what you do and maybe where you go and the type mm-hmm. of events. In fact, um, I'm actually playing with a band. 
um, that we've been doing a corporate gig over the last three years. We do it every Christmas for the same group, and they pay really, really well. We'll get paid $200 each just for a couple hours wow. to cool. play music. Yeah. You know? so, that's cool. Uh, that's a lot of fun just to get back in the saddle and enjoy yeah. that, you know. Cool. Well, this one may come as no surprise. How about delivery driver? There you go. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not kidding. I mean, UPS and the the mail service, I mean, they are running night and day. I woke up this morning. We looked out in the garage. There was a stack of boxes in our garage. We got delivered while we were sleeping, I think. <laughs> so you did shop on Black <laughs> it was Friday. crazy. That was Kathy's. All those are Kathy's right. boxes, by the way, you know, gifts. But, yeah, I mean, many companies, nonprofits, I mean, they hold clothing, you know, gift food drives before the holidays, and they need people to deliver those goods to the recipients you know these organizations obviously are looking for people with a valid driver's license that maybe that do own their own vehicle they have a clean driving record heck ups will hire something like ninety-five thousand part-time delivery assistants this holiday season um you know you, you gotta expect that you'll get paid probably minimum wage um you know, but once again, I mean, the pay does vary widely. That's There's a lot of people. Yeah, it is. I have a, a, a real quick story before we close this out. Um, when I was in uh, in college, I came home during the holidays and I would deliver flowers. And I remember driving around in a white van playing holiday music and I got $2 per flower delivery. So I'd have 20 or 25 flower deliveries driving all over the CSRA and I was... You know, it just it was a favorable memory. I had Christmas music. I was earning a little bit of extra money. So, yeah, just I go look for deliveries. Great, that's a great thing fun. to do. It's cool. It's going to be a lot of fun this uh, holiday season. Yeah. It's going to be a great holiday season. So, uh, yeah, we're we're excited about it. I hope you are and hope we added some, you know, good ideas to your your holiday uh, plans. But this has been this week's edition of Money MD. Do tune in next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call during regular business hours. Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed local provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through independent financial group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Me.